Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen, D A D. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Put it out on Front Street. Apologies for the shorter intro and outro. Oh yeah, it is short. We've only got eight too, minutes. Too, I, yeah, I thought you weren't aware of the time because you were just like uh, happy to chat just now. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So I I came in at half past, but you were recording a list video, mm. and you said, "Oh, I'm going to be like another ten minutes." And I went back to the uh, the office, and Pete said, "Oh, so you're going to do the podcast extras after the show?" And I said, "Basically, it'll be ten minutes. That's twenty two. We'll still have like time to do like a full intro and outro." And he sort of looked at me with a I look to say. <laughs> That's not going to happen, though, is it? And apparently yeah. he was right. Yes. I came yeah. in a bit laissez-faire, if anything. I mean, we sat down, had a little natter, talked about some <laughs> scheduling issues. Yeah. I was like, is this Beer 52 sponsored? You were like, it is Beer 52 sure sponsored. Is. And here we are, potentially our first video on the Patreon. <laughs> it's very, Patreons. And it's very short. Can I give you a little bit of, um, you know, because we haven't recorded the show yet. We haven't gone live with the show yet. I think it's going to be a pretty spicy one. We are at mm. 65% thumbs up. Whoa! <laughs> That's not good. Well, it, it's sometimes like that. If you have a title that really annoys people, they are very quick. But it's like, there might be, say, like, you know, 10 people who've clicked like and yes. three people that have clicked dislike. So it disreport like proportionally, the numbers aren't that huge. What, what are the numbers? Let's have a look. Well, as you know, uh, YouTubers solved online Toxic toxicity, mm-hmm. uh, the album, because they've removed the dislike button. Well, yeah, publicly. Publicly, you can still press it. It's just that you. Uh, you we can... know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll know. Oh yeah, we'll. Oh we'll yeah, know. yeah, we'll know. So I saw a nice theory online. Of course, there's you know like the the theories. Oh, it's about the COVID misinformation, whatever. No, it's it's because uh, film studios don't want people not liking their trailers anymore. And YouTube Rewind is coming out soon. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the big one now, isn't it? We'll just, we'll just introduce this now. Coincidentally, look at this is out at the same time. Annually, the most trolled video on the platform, which just so happens to be 
the biggest video made by the platform every year. A lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, we are currently at 39 thumbs up, 19 thumbs down. Uh, but, yeah, YouTube doesn't recognize your 19 thumbs down. <laughs> So yeah, so I think we might be in for a bit of a spicy one. I did see someone, I will bring this up on the show today, that said, I see that Luke is back on his anti-Miz agenda. Oh, we never left it. <laughs> Always, but specifically, specifically me. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that segment in just a little bit. How... Oh, yeah, there's a lot of chat. Yeah. There's a lot of pre-chat. Uh, Tony Slicer, Wrestle Talk is very biased. They will knock anything WWE does, will do, but kiss the ground anything AEW dose. It's a shill wrestling media news for AEW. Well, they they pay us. Me and Tempest were talking about this yesterday. The fact that you know, like I, you know, Tempest says that he gets a check from TK mm. every like the last Friday we of every month. Well, I said that he just cash apps me um, every Thursday morning, and it has to be on the morning as well before I start watching Dynamite. Otherwise, I <laughs> might forget that I'm supposed to praise it. A lot of people are like, it's a podcast channel. You know, it's their opinions. So they're allowed to... Yeah, I think people are confusing... that A lot of people are like, hey, keep your opinions out of this. But that isn't... That's the wrong hill to die on, right? Yeah. It's a review show. Exactly, yeah. Well, so I think some people have kind of missed the... the you know, the, the more famous... You're a less famous Miz. Mm. And we've gone with a less good MJF. I think some people have sort of missed the joke there. Ah, it's okay. Only Wrestle Talk can be dumb enough to think this is a good title for a video. <laughs> well, well, we'll let the views decide that one. Although I, bet I, I can't stay too much on raw reviews at the moment because I ain't drawing the numbers like they used to. Oh, that's why we've got to put out these uh, shock tactics. <laughs> we need uh, adult, more adult content on the raw reviews. Well, let's get into the show. Let's see how spicy it gets. Uh, here is the show. The Miz, a less good MJF? Yeah, I'm asking that question because YouTube have removed the dislike function from the video screen. So yeah, hammer the dislike button all you want. I mean, we can still see it. It doesn't hurt our feelings. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but thumbs down won't affect me, definitely. (laughs) This is already one of the most disliked videos we've ever Done. Yeah, really is. Like, but when, so percentage wise, if we hit 90%, if, if it's more than 10% thumbs down, we're like, oh my God, let's pull back a bit on this. Oh, yeah. When, like, clickbait gate, the yep. thing that sort of changed the tide there, 87%, 80, it was 13% thumbs down. Mm-hmm. And that was that set that was me into a panic attack. You did, yeah. We, I had a whole change of like the way that we put out videos. Remember we went back to short videos for a little bit? Didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you panicked. We we, uh, we stopped Tempest from making videos. For, t- for two years. <laughs> this video is already at 32% thumbs down. Yeah. Because people like The Miz, I guess. We'll, we'll monitor it closely, but uh, I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD, your Jam That Champion. This is the Raw Review Podcast, and to get through it... Oh, yes. 
we're sponsored by beer. Yes, we are. Beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Click the link in the video description down below and you will get yourself 10, 10 free craft beers on us. A beautiful, delightful service that it is. All you've got to do is pay for that postage and packaging and you get sent them right to your door. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Click the link, please. We'll tuck into this little beer after the opening Ultra Chats. Right, so we got two, well, three returns, I guess, if you count Maurice. Mm -hmm. Edge made his big return. This was announced at the top of the show. Big return? I guess it was only like a month since we saw him at Super Showdown. Yeah. Crown Jewel? What was that thing called? Yeah, Crown Jewel. Crown oh. Jewel it was, the Saudi show. It was Crown Jewel, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, late, late October. So Edge... This is the first time he's been on Raw, right? It is, yeah. This since is the a, draft. Since the draft, he is now, like, he is back. Like, And they, they did this as a big advertising thing because this was a quite, uh, a sort of a very, a show that was people, a lot of people keeping an eye on. Sorry, Pete's just here to fix something that I made wrong. Um, yeah, this is a show that a lot of critics were keeping an eye on because they were really struggling for ticket sales at this new building, mm. the UBS Arena, because AEW are there next week and have sold way more tickets than WWE have. Oh. At the as of yesterday they'd sold 8500 tickets whereas WWE had sold around about 5000 tickets. And they were massively outpacing them. Also AEW have like made it a much larger like space. They've got like 11000 seats available whereas WWE had like 7. So it like AEW would have sold out WWE's version of it. To WWE's, you know, credit, they made it sound like 10 well, yeah, piping there were, in those crowd it noises. It sounded like there were 10 people in that entire building. Yeah, so... The, Dead crowd all night. So WWE, they were offering three-for-one ticket sales. Ooh. They advertised Roman Reigns advertised Roman Reigns for the show, who did the dark match. Okay. Uh, and they announced that Edge was coming back as well. So they were really trying to make people, like, watch this show, buy tickets for this show, tune in for this show. And this Edge thing was, like, one of the, the big main things for them. It was announced on SmackDown to be like, hey, look... Edge is back. He's making his return, his his debut on Raw since the draft. I mean, Vince McMahon was there. Vinny Max wheel back. him He's out. Still on the show. Him, I mean, him and Austin Theory are now they're going to be a former tag team. And I mean, we'll get to a surprise it. Surprises are surprise. Good crikey! I will get to talk about those Vince segments. So Edge comes out with all the beard. I think like his face is now fifty percent beard. Yeah. Uh, and he reels off the people he wants to face, just like he did in that first return promo on Raw back in the start of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And he mentioned, you know, like Matt Riddle and AJ. I don't know how many people are still with the company. So the name, yeah. Oh, oh you mean the first one? The first one. Okay. But in this one, he, he said right down the camera, AJ Styles, please. I think, you know, that's the person I want him to face the most. Yep. Uh, Not the Miz? We'll get on to that. Kevin Owens, Damien Priest, he said another name. He said, the names he said that I noted down were Bala, Owens, and Big E. And the reason why I noted those down is because they were on SmackDown with him in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, now I'm on Raw, I can face these names. I'm like, mate, they were there hmm. like this time earlier this year. You could have done that earlier this year if you wanted to. So who should come out to start... Edge's first real proper feud on Raw. I know he was with Seth Rollins, but really that was a SmackDown feud that culminated at a Saudi show. But the returning Miz, fresh off his stint on Dancing with the Stars, mm -hmm. fresh off his former program, 
John Morrison being fired. Oh, yeah. And he came out with Maurice as well. And Ms. Maurice come down. They play this madly awkward video package. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, the Ms.'s greatest moments on Dancing with the Stars. But they played it like how we play clips on this podcast. You know, there was no, like, transition. It was just Ms. was walking down the ramp. Edge was still there. Edge had been in the ring for, like, ten minutes already, by the way. Yeah. Because he'd come out, then ad break, backstage segment, promo... Then this happened. They did it in the Vince McMahon Austin Theory segment as well. Like Austin Theory and Vince McMahon were having a chat, and all of a sudden the video just started playing over the top yeah. of it. This happened on SmackDown as well. Like, so Kayla Braxton told Adam Pierce that Brock Lesnar's suspension had been lifted. And then Adam Pierce sort of like looks down, <laughs> and they play a video recap of him beating up Brock Lesnar, beating up like Adam it's Pierce. In Adam Pierce. That's head. exactly what Pete and, Pete and Temp is like. I think Adam Pierce had a flashback on screen that we mm. all saw. Yeah. Uh, they'll be seeing the Ultimate Warrior in Mirrors next. <laughs> Lily chasing them around. But yeah, Miz comes down. Miz is annoyed that Edge listed off all these people and didn't mention him. So you're like, right from the get-go, oh, okay, it's the MJF Punk feud. Yeah. Because it's the exact same line, exact same motivation that we saw last Wednesday on Dynamite. Yeah. And then just to drive that point home, Edge says to Miz, like he builds him up for a bit, says, hey, I remember you on Tough Enough and you worked. I never thought that guy from Tough Enough would work to main eventing WrestleMania. I'm winning against John Cena and The Rock's there. And he listed these other things. And I thought, yeah, but then he didn't do anything for eight years. Yeah, I wrote my notes here. Stop bringing that match up. People might go back and watch it and realize that it's terrible. I feel like when Edge retired from wrestling... That's that's when his knowledge of what the Miz's accomplishments <laughs> Stop. were stopped at. I mean, in all fairness, Miz pointed out he was WWE champion six months ago. For three weeks. But like, and it wasn't six months ago, was it? It was in February. <laughs> yes. So, but like, that was this year. Crazy to think. Uh, and then the Edge said, the Edge. <laughs> <laughs> the U2 guitarist, <laughs> the Edge, came out. Made his debut. And said... <laughs> Why aren't people talking about this? <laughs> and said, you, to, to The Miz, you have people on other shows saying your name just to get a cheap reaction. You're living in people's heads rent-free. And this is, of course, a reference to CM Punk's line when he said to MJF, you're just like a less famous Miz. Key here, he didn't say less good Miz, mm -hmm. because I think, you know... AW fans certainly hold MJF in higher regard than The Miz. But yes, this is the, uh, that was the line. That was the line, which is why on our thumbnail and in our title, we've gone with Miz is a less good MJF. It's a play, you see. Yeah. It's a funny little thing. I think a lot of people miss that, though. Well, I, you know, to their in their defense, it's also what I believe. <laughs> well, I mean, I also tweeted it out and I got people very, very upset about this in the old Twitter machine because there are people who, for whatever reason, love The Miz. Mm. And perhaps this is just my, as one person put it in our chat, my anti-Miz agenda that, that, I, that I'm constantly bringing up on this show and me alone. I think he's a bit, as MJF would put, mid. In for what he does, in a in a certain level of push, he's fantastic. Mm, great, Miz, great heel, great mid card heel, great mid card heel. Put him out there, do does the business 
work, the interviews, the appearances, the Make-A-Wish stuff, perfect. Nothing against Miz as a person and as a performer. I think we can all recognize that he has gone way beyond everything we thought that he could manage. Back in, like, when he first debuted, I was at university when he first debuted, and he was having matches on SmackDown, and JBL on commentary would just bury him so hard. There was a moment when it was Bradshaw's birthday, and Cole was trying to defend Miz having this match, and he said, hey, maybe Miz will get you something nice for your birthday. And Bradshaw says, yeah, he could get me something nice. He could die. JB, like, they used to throw him out of the locker room, make him change in the hallway. They hazed this guy so, so hard. And an enormous credit to him. He fought and he clawed and he worked his way, you know, into the good graces of everyone. So the point where now people consider him, some of you have messaged him, one of the greatest of all time, mm. which I massively, I, I think that's an overstretch, but I think it's an incredible achievement to get to where he is considering how poorly he was treated. If sports entertainment, WWE, was a game, he's won it. Absolutely. He gets to go on Dancing with the Stars. Nobody else does in WWE. He gets to do the movies. He gets, he's married to Maurice. He's got a reality TV show that has had multiple series. Well, we'll wait and see if Road to the Top gets a, gets another go. You do know it's just been re-signed today. Has it really? Yeah, for a second oh, series. <laughs> Damn it. I was really hoping that it wouldn't and I would prove my point. But, you know, okay, well, let's see if it lasts for as long as Miz and Maurice does. MJF, Miz. Cody. Cody. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cody is a less good MJF and Miz. How dare you. But, yes, this was... Uh, that they had a good back and forth. That it was they're both excellent promos. Edge went down the route of talking Miz up loads and loads and loads, and then probably thought, "Wait a second, I'm meant to feud with this guy, but you uh, you haven't earned it. You haven't earned it." Uh, but you know, it was good stuff overall. Miz walked out. But the reason we're going with this sort of stance is because this is not something I want to see. I mean, for me, like I was surprised when I've been like looking at reviews of this and everyone was going really crazy for this segment being like, this was the best thing on Raw. Mm. I thought it was one of the weaker things on Raw. And maybe that is because I'm not into The Miz at all, right? Like I, I have got zero interest in seeing Edge feud with The Miz. I like when Edge was listing off all the people that he wanted to wrestle, I was like way into every single yeah. one of those ideas. The Miz is like right down at the, the bottom of the barrel. It was cruel for them to list the others. <laughs> Here's what you could have won. Yeah. However, him being with Maurice, that is a massive thumbs up yes, for me. I think that is a superb addition to this. But I thought the segment overall just came across as a very poor imitation of the Punk MJF segment. Because mm. it's not even just you mentioned, like, Miz comes out and he's like, you didn't name me in the same way that MJF did that to Punk. MJF, no, sorry, Miz was even saying, like, you're a broken down old man, you can't go anymore which was MJF's argument to Punk. It felt like the two of them said, we should go out and have our version of that segment. Even with Edge doing like this pew, 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 shooty shoot, like referencing AEW and referencing the fact that Morrison got uh, fired. Incredibly, he said that Morrison got fired and no one reacted. Mm. Like it was a deathly silence reaction to it. If that happened in AEW, people were going like, oh, because that did happen literally last week on Dynamite. And I think that is the biggest example that we can show to people that the people who watch WWE shows and go to them aren't reading the dirt sheets and reading the internet no, and things no. like that. They're not part of that discourse. <laughs> so they just didn't react to that whatsoever. They probably didn't even know that Morrison got fired. Yeah, yeah. He's, they're like, hey, he was 
Because what was he doing? Just sitting backstage meditating every now and again? Uh, Overall, I guess it was professionally performed speaking of words in a ring on TV. And some of the content of the words was cute. Other content was a little bit exploitative, a little bit lazy. Yeah. So Overall, though, cannot hammer this home hard enough. I don't want to see it. Well, I mean, I can't hammer this home enough. I don't. I think the Miz is perfectly fine. I think he's a perfectly fine mid-card heel. I, but it's like, God, he looks like an absolute goofball, doesn't he, with his headband and everything like that, which makes it very hard to take him seriously. Like, it's the heel. I, that's heel shtick, you know. But not, but it, like Seth Rollins but not, is doing the same thing. But he did, I still take him seriously. Mm. Like when he comes out, I'm just, I'm still like, oh yeah, he is a serious contender to the WWE Championship. Yeah. The Miz does it. I'm like, yeah, you're just a mid-card comedy heel. I don't think that's the headband. Oh, yeah? I think that's the Miz. So why do you think that... Because when MJF first came into AEW, and I think that was when a lot of people first saw him, that a lot of people was like, oh, he's AEW's version of the Miz. Where do you think these comparisons have come from? Where do you, where do you think they started from? I think facially, a little bit similar. Similar. So they just look the most like each other out of all the people on the rosters. And MJF presents himself as someone who can just cut promos. Mm. Where an actual matter of fact, we know he's an excellent in-ring wrestler. Yeah. So I think that's that's where it comes from. Right. Cause, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Like they both cut promos and they are heels. Mm-hmm. I guess that's pretty much it. It's kind of like when people used to say like, oh, um, Street Profits are just uh, crime time again. It's like, well, they're completely different gimmicks mm. and they're very, very different wrestlers. So I think it's a very, very unfair comparison. And... Yeah, I think, I mean, MJF, I think, is light years ahead of, of what the, the Miz oh, yeah. can do in and out of the ring. Um, not into this feud whatsoever. I thought it was a lesser version of a be- much better promo we got last week. I think it was heavily scripted within an inch of its life. And the, the references to people getting released was massively exploitative. Actually, Sean was talking about this on um, Fightful Pod, uh, the Fightful Post show. He got texts and messages from people who had been released and someone who works there saying, it's in poor taste. Mm. WWE doing something in poor taste. Yeah. It's new. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's see what the Ultra Chats think. The guilty hat to each their own, but as a, as a fan of both men, I feel this comparison is unfair to both parties. At this point in their careers, they offer different things to different audiences, and where the Miz benefits from a PG show, MJF would flounder and vice versa. Uh, I, I, I know what you mean, but the comparison, it's not like we're making the comparison. We are now, but the comparison was made by AEW and WWE Referencing that fact. That's it, yeah. I, I don't, I've never thought the Miz MJF comparison was fair to begin with. Uh, I also think that Miz would actually do pretty well in AEW, particularly now, because he would be able to get incredible levels of heel heat. And also, I think MJF is so versatile that he'd actually be all right in a, in a PG world. Uh, Dan, Mayor of Painesville. Hi, guys. I hope everyone does well. I personally love the Miz and Maurice, and I love Edge. I just watched that one clip and found it intriguing. So probably the YouTube clip of this segment. Yes, having two older guys feuding is not ace, but this has more substance and emotion than Raw in the last two years. Oh, I massively disagree with yeah. that. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything to it. Uh, but like uh, previous person, Guilty Hat said, each to their own. Mm -hmm. Joe Binley, I've never really been into The Miz. I've never bought him as a top guy. The egg has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into this beer. Because I need it before we talk anymore. Oh, let me just any more raw. Down. Let me just pop down my beautiful jam that championship because it's time for sponsor cam. Do 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 sponsor cam now with a oh. much better, much longer cable. Hey, Ollie, why don't you tell us about Beer 52? Beer 52 is a subscription service where you get sent a crate of craft beers every month for you to develop your palate. It's not just beer. You also get a tasty snack and a magazine describing what is in those beers, tasting notes, beer news, and recipes. Look at this snack you got here. <clears throat> Penn State baked pretzels. Delightful. So you gave viewers only. You can get 10 free craft beers as an introductory offer if you go over to the link in the description below, beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk, and sign up. You just have to pay £5.95 for the postage and packaging. I got this for my dad two years ago for Christmas. He loved it. Oh, <sighs> delightful. Is the glass still here? No. I'll have to down it all myself. Is it here? Can't see it. 
Um, it's New England IPA. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is nice. Stone fruit and tropical notes, 6%. Whoa! Uh-oh. <laughs> this guy's already feeling a little bit tipsy. Beer52.com forward slash rest talk. Get yourself a case of free craft beer. They are wonderful. Thank you so much. And also, everyone, this is the last week of the Beer 52 deal that we've got currently running for you. If you want to get yourself 10, 10 free craft beers, you've got to do the link this week. It's your last chance. So the uh, thumbs up, thumbs down ratio has rallied. We're at 85% thumbs up now. Still one of the most unliked videos we've ever done. Did, was it like this when we were kind of burying the Miz for being WWE champion? Uh, I don't remember it being that bad. But then again, this has a very AEW better than WWE slant oh. to it as well. So what we're doing, we're, we're layering on yeah. the Miz hate and the WWE hate at the, at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's erupted that's some people. Under. Yeah, you're right. I imagine those, you know, the, w, the, the WWE defenders and the Miz defenders probably share a big a Venn, crossover. There's a big Venn diagram. And the center point there is hating wrestling talk <laughs> and probably thinking that Adam Cole would have been better off staying with WWE. I don't know. His hair is a bit long. <laughs> So this episode of Raw was from Long Island in the, is it UBS Arena? The UBS Arena. I only know this because I talked about this a lot on the news yesterday. The brand new UBS Arena and all night, apart from the RK Bro match, crowd were dead. So dead. Like I was like, it's because it's that weird kind of dead where it's not, it's not Corpus Christi silent, but it's mumbling like people are just talking amongst themselves. Yeah. Which was worse. Yeah, there's, it was an entire crowd of people that didn't care. Yeah. And like, you know, I mentioned earlier the when they mentioned that John Morrison had been fired and actually Liv Morgan dropped a, you know, fired a wrestlers. A firebomb. A firebomb, fired wrestlers line. And they, they didn't react to that either. This really was like a crowd of casual people who were like, hey, wrestling's in town. Let's buy tickets for it. And maybe that's reflective in the fact that ticket sales for this show were quite poor. Mm -hmm. You know, Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio, really it was nothing to do with the product and it's nothing to do with the fact that AEW in some ways feels like the hotter deal at the moment. It's the, literally they've just done New York. They mm. did it for Survivor Series and Raw the following night. Burnt so out the market. They burnt out the market. AEW is in a very similar boat at the moment with Chicago. Their pre-sales for the February show are way, way below what they have done for previous Chicago shows because They've run that market too often in the last, you know, few months. Weird stance to take after the pandemic. You know, July was when they returned to touring and they've already burnt out some markets. Like, they should have prepared for that better. Yeah. Uh, so this show opened up with Seth Rollins coming out to the ring and he teased some breaking news. It's that it's going to be him versus Big E at day one for the WWE Championship. Then Finn Balor ran down to get some revenge on the previous week when Seth beat him up and then Seth got beaten up by a fan. Uh, they had a, a good, a, re a really good actually, like eight minute match. 
And Seth won with a thumb to the eye and a stomp, although the thumb to the eye was nowhere near Fen's eye. So to, hey, I'm going to put this out on Front Street for you right now. I really enjoyed this episode of Raw. <laughs> what? Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. How much? Uh, when it was, it was way Three too long. Three out of five. Way, it, yes, yeah, it was way too long. Way, way, way too long. Yeah, they I, all are. I didn't have to watch it live. I think that might have helped. But uh, yeah, I thought like, particularly all of the Seth Rollins stuff, yeah. I think that was, was really, really good. And actually, it was, you know, we got Rollins here. He's facing for the WWE Championship in a couple of weeks' time, picking up a win over big name in Finn Balor, putting over your championship contender nice and strong, building him up for a championship match. It's simple. It's simple and effective booking, and that gets a big thumbs up. For a pay-per-view that's like a month away. Yeah. Oh, that feels, that's advance. <laughs> you know, that's, oh, that's that's long term. There's plenty of time to him to lose some tag matches and stuff, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, like, you've got to take these small baby steps. And I actually, th- and I thought the show-long storyline of Kevin Owens manipulating mm-hmm. Rollins and that sweet mwah, finish to the main event, I thought was dead good. Seth Rollins tagging with Kevin Owens against Big E and a partner that he has to find. How will they coexist? I mean, you say it's a partner that he has to find. It'll be Austin Theory. Yeah, we'll be winning. <laughs> um, or Bobby Lashley. Oh, yeah, it could be Bobbles, I suppose. He's a baby face now, it looks like. Is he? We'll get on to that. <laughs> so I agree. Uh, I guess it just sucks for Finn Balor. He's been, he just beaten, 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 beaten since he got to Raw. Where's this big push? I mean, I'll be honest. Like He hasn't felt special since he came up from NXT, came back from NXT. No. He just, just felt like a, a lad on the roster again. He's, he's back to where he was three four years ago so let's talk about this uh but there's two night long storylines one good one baffling but the the one that you just mentioned kevin owens says to seth backstage a little bit after this hey you're here if i'm if i beat biggie in the main event i get added to the day one match at the pay-per-view and seth's like nah you're a liar And he goes to see Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce says, no, that's a lie. But then he says, you know, well, that's not a bad idea. I'm yeah. terrible at my job. I just do what the last person told me. That is Vince McMahon, though. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they make that the stipulation. So Seth kind of worked himself into a shoot there. And this played into the main event. Which I want to talk about? Actually, should we just skip to the end? Should we just yes, and then just and then just go and then just go home? Yeah, let's skip to the end. So this main event of Big E versus Kevin Owens was just meant to be a regular singles match, but Kevin Owens had worked Seth into essentially getting him this opportunity that if he won this match, he would be added to the day one tri- uh, championship match and make it a triple threat. So Rollins comes out for commentary. Because Owens knew that he would. He wanted to be out there and make sure that Owens didn't win. And during this, Kevin Owens realized, I'm probably not going to win this match. So he rolls to the outside and attacks Rollins. And it absolutely batters him. Gets back into the ring, has a bit of a scuffle with Big E. Rollins, playing right into Kevin Owens' hands, slid into the ring and attacked Kevin for the DQ. And they announced, you know, hey, winner via disqualification and therefore inserted into the championship match at day one, Kevin Owens. And Owens up the ramp screaming, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Pranked you. Pranked you. It totally worked. And Rollins sold this so well. Mm. If WWE didn't do DQ finishes every single week on Raw, this would have been like an all-time great finish. This is a testament to the idea that just because DQ finishes are rubbish 99% of the time in WWE, 
That doesn't mean they're rubbish 100% of the time. Yeah. DQ finishes can work when done well. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I'll put over Seth's performance on commentary oh, as yeah. well because he is just constantly going back and forth with himself about how I know what he's doing. I know what he's <laughs> doing. I know he wants me to attack him. I'm not going to do it. I'm bigger than that. And then he start, you know, then he's put in a position where he has to root for Big E, yeah. his opponent who but, he's feuding with. That he doesn't want to do either. Yeah. There were moments when, like, you know, Owens nearly wins, and he's like, "Yeah, Big E's gonna lose." They'd be like, "No, no, wait, yeah. no, I want, I want Big E to win." So he doesn't know what's up, what's down. So and he just Sorry, like, what's up, people over there. <laughs> yes, my music video is coming. Don't worry. Uh, this week it'll be out on Parts of Unknown. Uh, but yes. This this was a really, really good finish. Um, Wrestling Observer were very down on it. Oh, really? They just said, uh, 15-minute match for a DQ finish. But that was the point. It's the plan. Yeah, yeah the I plan. thought it was okay. I, no, I, I thought this was terrific. And as I said, like because this was so much of Raw, I think that's why I did go away. And you know, often it's how you leave them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this really did leave me with like, a big smile on my face, being like, oh, actually, you know, a lot of this show was really good. Uh, so... Yes, concur with all that. And I think a triple threat at the pay-per-view is perfect for this story. I think mm. we all knew that's where it was going anyway, but great, they didn't swerve. And if Owens loses, he's going. Or I mean, even if he wins, it he's may, probably going. You reckon he's still going? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Must be. I don't know, man. I mean, who hasn't gone? <laughs> uh, Pete Dunne. Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. And I'm sure he's very happy with his decision. Hey, NXT 2.0. Future main eventers right there. Uh, so here's just my one bit of like, oh no, underneath all of this. Biggie needs a proper good feud. He he is a new champion. He's the guy at the top of the top of the brand right now. And he just needs something really good to sink his teeth into. Like Drew McIntyre. Well, actually, Drew McIntyre had like Dolph Ziggler initially. Yeah, and he? Rollins, who had come off a WrestleMania loss. Yeah. But then he got Randy, and it was like, boom. Drew and Randy, I thought, was magic for the first two matches. <laughs> not the, was it? Not the, not the, the subsequent five? <laughs> but, yeah, I just feel like Big E is a, is a bit part in his own title feud at the moment. I sort of see what you mean, because this does feel like it's a feud between Rollins and Owens as opposed to Rollins and Big E. And I kind of see what you mean. What I need from, like, we still got time before the pay-per-view. So I am Big E to come out, cut a yep. really good promo on this, and look strong. He got a nice big win. Not, I mean, not a big win, but he got a win last week. He lost here. Um, well, by DQ, yeah. he didn't get pinned. I mean, dude, I went into this match thinking, like, oh, they're going to pin Big E, aren't they? I thought they were going to DQ both of them. Seth attacks both men. Sonya comes out. Well, you're all at it. Yeah. I thought it was better this way. So, here hey, it is. Vince McMahon is still here, everyone. Yes. We thought that maybe, now that I found my Cleopatra golden egg, that we wouldn't have any more of Vince. But the ratings are still bad. So Vince is back on TV again. Mm. And he's got a protege. He respects Austin Theory because Austin Theory really proved something to him last week by stealing an egg and losing a match <laughs> well you know as vince said last week i see a lot of myself in you austin theory D no idea what that is um well i like the idea this was proposed on uh, by the fightful chat as well is that vince is going in character is going senile and he's just attaching himself to the first person he sees named austin mm. and he's going to redo all of his old austin <laughs> things 
but thinking that Austin Theory is Steve Austin. In character. (laughs) (laughs) But here's what I would say about the Vince stuff, though. It's, um, It's hard to watch. Because I've got almost no notes on all of the Vince segments because I've no idea what he's saying. There was a moment during this when he was he had a long monologue against mm. Austin Theory I've about that surprises and expecting things. And I was like, I have a blues clue what that man just said because he's just like, oh, you've got to expect surprises. If you don't expect surprises, then I've got to be not surprises. You've got to expect the unexpected. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so I hope this goes down. I hope in a year's time, this promo will be revisited with the same reverence we give the 33 and a third percent promo. <laughs> This, I've written it down. I had to slow down the player <laughs> to get this quote. I was I was a seventh speed I was doing this on. Do you think, so Vince is explaining to Austin Theory the concept of surprises and how you should think about surprises. I don't know why, but he was. That was the whole night long thing. They were going to sit down together and watch Raw. It, I mean, it never looked like they were watching Raw together, did it? Yeah, they, they were watching the corner of the camera that was filming them, it looked like. And uh, it was Team Liv versus Team Becky. Becky's team lost. Liv's team stood tall. Cuts back to Vince and Theory. And he's Vince, this is Vince. Do you think Becky's team expected that? You have to expect the unexpected. And when it's a surprise, it really has to be a surprise. Because if it's not then it's not a surprise. But if it is a surprise, you're screwed. You expect a surprise, then it's a real surprise. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I get that that's supposed to be a big confusing thing, right? Because then Austin Theory is like, no, Mm. because I don't know what you mean. But you have to sort of pretend that you do and be like, yeah, no, totally. I totally get what you mean. I'm learning from you, Vince. And that's all well and good. Problem is, it's being delivered by Vince McMahon in 2021. So what he's saying is like, do you think that Becky's team expected that? You've got to expect the unexpected and not be surprised. So do you, you think this was the intentional dialogue he had because he was intentionally doing yes. a confusing thing, not that he lost his way? No, I think this is intentionally meant to be, I've no idea what you're saying. Because I think it has a logical consistency. You have to expect the unexpected. And when it's a surprise, it really has to be a surprise. Because if it's not, then it's not a surprise. That all makes sense. Totally makes sense. It's a gibberish. All, you, all you're saying is it's a surprise. A surprise is something you don't know that's happening. And he's taken a very long way of saying it. But if it's a surprise, you're screwed. Okay. You expect a surprise, then it's a real surprise. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Based on everything he just said, it's not. Mm-hmm. So... Surely that line's Do we need to incorrect. get Susie Dent on the phone to, like, break this down? Who's Susie Dent? From Countdown. She's oh, di- yes. She's from Dictionary Corner. <sighs> it's like a riddle. Is this a clue to where the third egg is? Do you... Where do you think this Austin Theory thing is going? What do you think is, like... What is, you know, what's next for Austin Theory? Okay, so what happens is at the end of... This was, like, four segments spread out throughout the night. And then the last one... Theory stands up and Vince says, Oh, don't you learn anything? And Theory goes, Yeah, to that there's lots of surprises and I should be wary of the idea that there might be surprises. And Vince slaps him and says, You haven't learned anything. So I guess like the next follow up should be this apprenticeship of Austin 
Vince teaching more stuff to theory, but I don't. I think it'll be dropped. To oh, you reckon it's going to be dropped? Yeah. I was going to say to what end? You know, general manager, like officially making him a general manager. It's not like Adam Pearce is doing anything of note. Is you know we we speculated last week that he's not getting this main event WWE Championship push, but maybe he is. Maybe this is like you know. When he, Drew was first in WWE and he was the chosen one. He was Vince McMahon's chosen one. And then they fired Drew in the end. Maybe there's, you know, we're going to try this again but with Austin Theory. Austin Theory is Vince McMahon's chosen one. I didn't get that just because Vince hazed him a lot. You know, at the well, you end. You've got to teach. You gotta, that, how else are you going to teach someone? Well, I think if Vince really likes someone, he gives them the time. You know, like Kevin Owens headbutting Vince. Austin got nothing in here. Like, Austin was... Dude, he's getting the rub. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Austin was purely there as someone to, to be in the room to make it look like Vince McMahon wasn't coming off even madder than he already is. The club was so much more over because they were in the ring with DX than they were. I'm not going to engage with this because you're <laughs> trolling me. No, I don't know where it's going. I genuinely think it will be dropped because this was never a plan. This is just a thing that has stayed over from the previous week that was also a plan change just to get viewings up. It has, like, Theory's character has no connection to the selfie character he was doing two weeks ago. Well, you know, he's, he's learning now. He's, he's under the Vince McMahon learning tree. I'm not saying this is good, by the way. I, I yeah, do want to practice I get it, that. I get it. Uh, right, so let's go back into the, the episode. Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan had a contract signing. Becky was desperately trying to get some crowd reaction here. Yeah, uh, which she failed. But I, d I don't blame Becky for that. Nope. Like this was a dead crowd. Uh, but the, the the weird thing here, it was a contract signing for the title match next week. Uh, Becky did a you people promo, and then Liv brought up Becky's emotional promo about Charlotte Flair post Survivor Series that I talked about on the news. But WWE have never shown one clip of. Well, you're watching YouTube. Or you're watching their social media, maybe. So Liv plays that clip and is like, ha ha, you cried. And I just thought, look, I don't care about... I, I generally don't care about characters in a show talking about toxic masculinity or femininity or whatever it is. But what I do care about is consistency. And Liv did cry last week. So to have the baby face go, ha ha, you cried... I'm like, but you cried. So I think Liv's point here was you mocked me for crying. You tried to bully me for crying, but you also cried too. Problem was is she was laughing as Becky was crying. Like you can hear Liv Morgan cackling over the video of Becky crying. So I was like, okay, so is your rationale then you bullied me for crying, so I'm going to bully you for crying? Because this made me not like Liv. Yes. This really didn't make me like Liv at all. Mm -hmm. There was a real open goal here to make Liv an incredibly likable character, to be like, I'm not going to make fun of you for that because you showed emotion, and emotion is good, this and the other. You talk about, like, I, it, I'm above making fun of someone for showing their emotions. But instead, she did exactly what the heel did last week, and now I'm supposed to cheer her for that? Yeah. Yeah, it's the, look at the Darby Allen MJF promo. Well, the whole thing is the baby face not stooping to the heels levels. Uh, but the then after that, Liv also s blamed Becky's big fat contract for the reason my friends aren't around anymore. 
course, this is Ruby Soho or Ruby Riot and uh, Sarah Logan. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna get there. <laughs> well, you, you were gonna say Morgan. I, I think. was gonna say Sarah Morgan. <laughs> and it's just like look, most of the people don't know what's going on behind the scenes, mm. but for viewers who do, having a baby face call out Becky for that—it's just like it rings so hollow. It's so it's exactly the same as the McMahon's blaming Baron Corbin for Raw being bad. You know what I mean? Like, you know, them coming out on TV and being like, guys, Baron Corbin is the reason why you're not enjoying this show, but we're going to change that now. Well, no, Baron Corbin's not making decisions. You're making the decisions. Mm. And are now writing a script that says that it's not your fault and it's Baron Corbin's fault. In WWE, in the creative process here, Vince McMahon has fired some, or, you know, made the decision to let some people go and is now signing off a program where the creative are blaming the wrestlers for that. That's insane. That is that is psychopathic. And it's really disgusting. I, mm. I think it's really, really distasteful. And I hate them for blaming the wrestlers or making the wrestlers a kayfabe reason as to why wrestlers have been fired. 160 people have been fired over two years. That's insanity. Mm. They made a Team Liv versus Team Becky match for later on. I didn't quite pick up what was happening here. I didn't either. Because I've watched it back and I still can't figure it out. As, they had a graphic prepared. As far as I can tell, Sonya Deville had agreed to do a 10-woman tag and had picked out the teams for them. And she'd asked Becky if that was okay. And Becky said yes. And then in the ring, they asked Liv if she also agreed to the match that they've sort of already arranged and booked. And Liv was like, yes, I accept. Maybe this is why we need Austin Theory as the general manager. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> RK Bro took on the Dirty Dogs. Uh, Riddle and Randy had some really actually funny comedy as usual beforehand. Riddle tried to dress Randy up as him because he dressed up as Auden the previous week. He puts this wig on Randy and Randy's like, I thought for a moment he was going to go out there in it. And he said, you've got two seconds to remove this from my head before I kill you one and he d it was already off yeah i mean autumn was awesome in all of this autumn was very good in the match afterwards as you said the only thing that was pretty much over this whole show now we actually talked about this on wrestle talk extra um this uh, which went up yesterday next year marks 20 years of randy orton on the main roster of wwe 20 years and he is still pretty much the most over person they have on the roster an incredible achievement that mm -hmm. man has and I know that I said that I really enjoyed the show and now it just feels like I'm nitpicking everything that happens here. Is this storyline just going back to square one every single week? Yeah, I don't, look, they're an odd couple. Like they, and they've already resolved this is just the way their relationship is. I'm fine with that. I just need them to have a feud with someone else. I really think, I, I disagree slightly mm. because I, I am enjoying it. But I feel like I've been enjoying the same segments for a handful of months now since they won the belt. And that is, Randy Orton doesn't like Matt Riddle. Then Matt Riddle does something that makes him endear to him. Then he's like, oh, actually, you're brilliant. I really like you. Then the next week, I hate you, Matt Riddle. You really annoy me. Oh, he's annoying. And then you do something that makes him endear. And he's like, oh, actually, you're brilliant. I love you. And we're such a great tag team. And then the next week, I really hate you, Matt Riddle. And it's just like, I feel like I'm, it's Groundhog Day every single week. This, this storyline doesn't progress. The new storyline is Randy's going to put on a wig. <laughs> yeah, but that's the same thing they did the previous week. 
And the same yeah, thing they were doing. The same thing they were doing the week before that. The story doesn't move forward. It's just spinning its wheels. And perhaps you're right. It's because they have no one to feud with. They need a proper tag team title feud. Uh, Dirty Dogs lost last week, I think. Oh yeah, and that earned them a title shot. Yeah, earned them a title shot. But you know, this was a great match by the end. I was really excited. Uh, and Riddle and Randy were doing their Auden's move set in stereo. Nearly hit a double RKO together. So they are trying to tell a story where their offense is sort of converging. But, yeah, but in terms of actual feuds and stories, there needs to be more. Yes, Hugh, over there. They, they did that literally last week. Did they hit the stereo RKO? Well, Randy, uh, Orson, sorry, Riddle hit the RKO and then Orton hit the bro Derek to show that they, they are hitting each other's moves. Not the same move and at the same time. This was exactly what no, we got No, I think it's week. different. I'd also say as well, the stereo RKO should have been the finish. Uh, no, you want to save that. You don't want to throw that spot away in the Dirty Dogs match. Anyway, we've spent way too long on this. Good match. Good match. Uh, Edge returned. AJ Styles uh, cannot is blinded by the fire extinguisher spot from last week. You know, that babyface move that the Street Profits did. Hey, now, now. Byron Saxton said that it was the Street Profits outsmarting AJ and Amos. <laughs> lost. Outsmarting them by losing. Street Profits took on Alpha Academy. AJ is on commentary with the sort of Ray Charles sunglasses on because he can't see. It's actually quite he he was very funny at this, I thought. Corey Graves was describing the match to AJ. I was genuinely laughing out loud at this. There was a moment during this when <laughs> Chad Gable gets a near fall and Corey goes, Oh my god! And AJ goes, Why? What happens? And Corey goes, Oh, right, yeah. Uh, Chad Gable just got a really good near fall on Montez Ford. <laughs> and AJ goes, Oh man, wish I could have seen it. <laughs> so, it was so good. He's such a good seller. Yeah. He's even selling the blindness. I, this whole segment encapsulates a lot of frustrations I have with this company. This was a great story. AJ Styles was blinded, he claimed, blinded last week by mm. those punks, those young punks, the street profits. And we as the audience, we know he's not blind. We know he can see. Amos knows that he can see. Well, I don't think Amos knew. Well, that's, yeah. To, yeah. That was, we would learn later. I thought that they were just heels in cahoots. Mm. And so then AJ goes out for commentary and he's really, really funny. And you're like, oh man, what a, you can stretch this story out for ages. Maybe even having AJ trying to get the Street Profits punished because they injured, they took away a man's career by like injuring him to the point where he can't see anymore. He even said to in that promo, they, they say my sight might never come back. You could have stretched this out for weeks on end and they just paid it off here. And now they're, and now they're breaking up AJ and Amos. Uh, yeah, three minutes into the match, AJ tries to grab onto Montez Ford's leg before the frog splash. Montez Ford just kicks him off, barely an inconvenience. AJ Styles falls on the ground, glasses off. Amos is like, you can see. Street Profits win. And yeah, there was, I thought, Amos was in cahoots here, but Amos, they, they lingered for ages so on Amos being like, uh? Yeah, and AJ being like, uh? Hey, big man, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I guess it's for the best because you don't want this to lead to a blindfold match. Oh, I could have done that. That would have been really good. I mean, where, but where AJ says he's got, he's blind. Yeah. <laughs> he can, he's, he's wrestling so well. <laughs> 
See, there was, li- there was limitless potentials to this, and they spunked funny. it in three minutes because this company has no restraint, and that's so frustrating. Even when they have something good, they can't mm. do it right. Um, and I am not into the idea of breaking this tag team up. Like, I get that a lot of people want AJ as a single star, but that also means you get a Moss as a single star, and he is not ready for that yet. Uh, I don't think it will be mentioned again. <laughs> Uh, Dana is standing backstage with a 24-7 title. No one is challenging her. Even Reggie. Like, Reggie's standing there being like, cool title. <laughs> I don't care about it, but cool title. Damien Priest took on Apollo Crews. I thought Apollo Crews was very good here. He was like just chucking Priest around despite being almost half his size. But the crowd was dead. Aziz got involved. Uh, he was ejected out to ringside. This enraged Priest and Priest snapped and won yep uh i believe apollo cruz i found that uh, thank you to sean ross app for doing this research for me he hasn't won a singles match since june mm. so i thought apollo and On priest apollo and priest was actually going to be a program same here um and they just convincingly beat him here but actually it probably still will be a program oh yeah they'll have a rematch yeah. at day one uh, and every week between now and then. Dominic and Rey Mysterio took on the Hurt Business and won. So, yeah, the Hurt Business can we, are can the we, lowest of the low. Can we stop pretending they're a faction? Were they, they billed as the Hurt Business? They were, yeah. They even said, like, so they were no. making references to Bobby Lashley on commentary. Mm. And I'm like, they haven't been together as a unit since the Goldberg feud. And really, they were just put back together so Goldberg could beat up all of them. And they keep pretending that they're like MVP's not out with them, Bubbles isn't out with them. Let's just let's call a spade a spade. They're not actually a faction. Mm-hmm. Let's stop pretending they are. So the hurt business got the loss. Uh, no, Ad- no Adam Pierce in this again either. So I do think that storyline has been dropped. The Mysterios look pretty good though. Convincing win. Double six one nine. Frog splash from Dom, in honor of his actual dad. <laughs> Uh, then we got Team Liv versus Team Bex. We already talked about this. Team Liv was her, Rhea Ripley, Nikki almost a superhero, Dana Brooke versus and, and Bianca Belair. No one went for the title, I just realized. Well, no one wants it. <laughs> and they, they all respect Dana Brooke too much to take it from her. Uh, and Team Becky was her, Carmella, Zelina Vega, Dewdrop, and Tamina. This is the entire Raw Women's Division, by the way, except for Alexa Bliss. Uh, this went through two commercial breaks. Given time. By the end, and you know, good. Good that the women are getting uh, a decent amount of time. Uh, the, the end was good because you saw all the various feuds and storylines. You're like, actually, you know, this is this is pretty decent stuff. And it was exciting. Uh, Liv won by pinning Tamina. Post-match brawl with Becky, but Liv still stands tall. Good going into the title match next week. Ultimately, though, like, the first two-thirds of this match I thought were pretty bad. I like that it was given time. Yes. And it did feel like quite a big-time <laughs> match because, you know, it's ten people out there. Like, ten wrestlers out there. It looks quite cool when they're standing on the ring together and stuff. So there was parts of this that I really, really enjoyed. But it was messy at times, quite boring at times, because it's a standard tag match, right? And the crowd. And the crowd didn't care, which was worse the longer it went. But then there was a moment at the end that really took me out of this match, which is that Dewdrop is on the outside, 
waiting for Nikki to get into position so she can run an attacker, right? So she's going there like, come on, come on, turn around, I'm going to hit you. So Nikki then turns around and do drop attacks her. That sounds all grand, doesn't it? Apart from the fact that Dana Brooke was still in the apron watching all of this <laughs> unfold, waiting for her spot next. So then they'd be like, all right, what's, what, what are you doing? <laughs> when, when, when's it my turn to do a thing? And I'm like, stop, do drop. Like, she's yeah. going to attack your partner. Yeah. But in the end... <laughs> But good, good go home angle for the live Becky match. And I enjoyed the fact, like you said, that they split off into their various feuds. And you had um, Dewdrop battling with Bianca Belair, Super Brutality feuding with uh, the beautiful people, and Liv and Becky doing that. And Liv standing tour that was mm. awesome. Dana Brooke was also there. Fear Mahan is still coming to Raw. <laughs> no, he's not. It says. It said, tells me every week he is. Yeah. What do you think he's going to do? I can tell you exactly what he's going to do when he gets there. He's going to beat Cedric Alexander. <laughs> then he's going to beat Shelton Benjamin. Nice. And then he'll beat Akira Tozawa. And then we won't see it again. He's going to destroy Dana Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I would debut him. Just like charger through a wall. <laughs> One, two, three. 24-7 title. Yep. Uh, and finally, because we've already covered the Big E Kevin Owens main event, Bobby Lashley got a video package circa 2018. I carbon dated this video package. And it is the same footage as the Bobby's Beautiful Sisters era. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. He, it's got this shot of him in the in the suit with the out-of-focus oh, background a, in the I, hotel. Sorry, I thought you were saying that they played this video package in the build for the Beautiful Sisters stuff to be like, no. look how great Bubbles is. And he's talking about like his college and army achievements. They had a clip of audio. I think it was Michael Cole going, "Oh, he's such a humble man." I'm like, "This is the Almighty." Well, yeah, I guess, the I guess, CEO of the Hurt Business. Well, he's not the CEO of the Hurt Business. Let's be honest. And I, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I think he is just now. He's a babyface. Look, Vince couldn't do his war hero gimmick with Jackson Riker, mm. so he's now going to do it with Bubbles instead. He's always wanted to push Bobby as a babyface. As the smiling, happy baby face, the humble baby face. That's what we got when he first came back. Stalling suplex, Bobby Lashley. I love my sisters, Bobby Lashley. We, you know, just heading back to that again. But I, we were cheering him as a baby face when he was a badass. Yeah, well, you know, got to be humble, haven't you? Otherwise, people won't cheer you. Overall, I gave this a three out of five. What about you? Best episode of Raw this year. Yeah. Three out of five. Wasn't the best episode. I, I thought this was actually a pretty good episode of the show. If this show was two hours long, it would have been really, really good. Cut mm. out a lot of the fluff and stuff. Yeah. Um, I haven't got it up on screen, but I can tell you the results of the community poll. 43% agreed, saying that it was a three out of five average show. Um, 24% said it was a one out of five rawful. I think that is incredibly unfair. 22% said it was a two out of five. I think that 24% is troll votes. Uh, skews lower, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that as a win. Uh, over on Patreon, we have, we, we've done all our Patreon shout-outs for the month, but what can people do if they if they sign up right now oh, you for mean, December. You mean get access to me and Adam doing the Team Ladam mailbag yes. show because Denise was unwell last week? How about a three-hour Ollie and Luke podcast review of Survivor Series 2002, which I'm going to say now, a good 30 to 40% of which is just us playing Scott Steiner clips. <laughs> <laughs> Fat asses! <laughs> the patron saints of WrestleTalk Extra. Fat Give me the in mic. I'm from Michigan. 
Yeah, so go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to get that and loads of other exclusive content and perks. Your Ultra Chats, Mr. Stoutmayer. I find the comparison is good. This is of Miz and MJF. It makes parties watch both sides. As well, I feel Miz is much better on the mic than MJF. Everyone has their own opinions. <laughs> I want to listen to Miz. I just want to mute MJF. The opposite is true for their wrestling, in my opinion. Watch MJF, but not Miz. So I guess that's just, you know, you... I, I, I don't want to say you, you get worked by him because I think we all get worked by MJF, but I guess that's almost what you're saying there because like I can't, I I can't buy a single thing that Miz says as a promo, but I can mm. totally buy everything that MJF says, and I don't think making the comparison makes people watch both shows either. So I disagree there. Laxmi Narasimhan B. First off, yay! KO has a championship opportunity, but considering Rollins attacked in mid-match, isn't that a no contest, or is that only applicable for a certain giant canine feud? whose undefeated run was forgotten about until that day. Yeah, I think it's just, it, it's whatever way the wind blows. Chill Gaming Inc. First off, I'm glad Ollie got his freedom and Luke is champion. My question is, why do you think WWE is now starting to act like we need the belt on Rollins now? Yeah, do you think he's going to win? It does feel like he's got every chance of winning at day one. Ping Kevin Owens. Big E can say I was never beaten. Yeah. Potentially. A riot DR. I believe Raw this week was decent with parts that were more decent. More than decent. <laughs> even exceptional. But the crowd can make or break a show and that apathy was palpable. Seriously brought the show down. Anyway, love you guys. Jam that jam. Homestar Fan 13. Didn't watch the show, but hearing them make references to the, rele- to the releases makes me sick. Especially them trying to claim it was Becky Lynch's fault for them being fired. WWE shouldn't be turning firings into angles when they're real. Well, you know, people want realism in their promos. And that's what Edge was going for with, with that one. It did, didn't didn't really work for the live one. Really didn't work for the live Becky one because... But at least, you know, like him saying you weren't here when Morrison was fired. I think it sort of at least worked for their segments. Here's a novel concept. Mm-hmm. If... Don't fire 160 people across two years. You've got to make money, Luke. <laughs> if you are going to bring up the firings, let the heels do it to get heel heat. <laughs> Both yeah. instances, it was the baby faces bringing it up. Blaming heels, though. Not Edge. Edge was like, haha, John Morrison got fired. Oh, yeah, I suppose you're right. Uh, Young on Watch. I watched Raw this week to see how they would respond to AEW, and I was not impressed. It felt watered down and lacked creativity. Question, what ideas do you have on how AEW will respond? The promo response from WWE, Jam That Jam. Well, I don't know if they will. Like, I, I wonder if they'll, you know, even mention <clears throat> the fact that it was brought up, you know, because Edge did essentially bring up AEW in the promo. I really wish WWE would stop bringing up AEW in their uh, promos, though. I think actually, I think it's, it's really, unbecoming. It's, it really is unbecoming, isn't it? I would usually say AEW would not address it, but Punk and MJF mm. are in that segment. Uh, but then you think that Edge and MJ, MJ, yeah. <laughs> Edge and Miz then on Raw do another reference to it it's a hall of mirrors just <laughs> reflecting each other cj hey lads hope you're both well maybe it was just because i was in a good mood but i thought this show was decent i also think Liv becky is the first time i'm interested in the women's division but mostly because Liv is not a four horsewoman or bianca belair well 
she's probably going to lose next week. So, James Hanley. My theory is that Shanky is going to debut as Emelina. Also, I have... Aha. <laughs> also, I have no problems with companies throwing insults at each other, but it's a little tone deaf that the budget cuts company had the balls to use the mass firings as a way to get sympathy. Jam that jam. I wonder if James Hanley knows that it's Veer and not Shanky. <laughs> Young on watch. I watched Raw this week to see how they were... Oh, we've had that one. Jonathan Hedman. It may be the post-surgery medicine talking, but I liked Raw last night. First time I watched in a little while, I said to him privately, I was like, don't do this to yourself, man. Recover. <laughs> I'm genuinely interested in this Vince Austin dynamic and where it goes, or is it done after three weeks? The latter. The latter, John. Keep your great content going. Love you guys. James Hanley, I disagree, Ollie. I want Vince on TV more. He is becoming an amalgamation of billionaire Ted, the huckster, and the nacho man all rolled into one. Narcissists tend to project slash blame their own shortcomings slash failures onto others without any sense of irony. Mm. That's interesting. Riot DR, as a frog splash enthusiast, I've been very down on Dominic's splashes as of late. Last night, he turned me around. Hard when Montez Ford is on the same show. By the way, Veer is lost. Someone help him. Jam that jam. I really thought he would debut after Survivor Series. Mm. Uh, Matthew McFadden, guys, you've missed out on one key detail with Veer Mahan. It's not the end of No Nut November yet. Of course he can't come now. Seth Brian Jenkins said, I'll be at Dynamite tomorrow in Georgia. Look for my sign. They'll say support Wrestle Talk, and you know it's all about the budge. I love you. Gonna dab for that. Um, if you are still making um, signs, Seth, could you do one that says, It's all about your balls? From my Manscaped. It's episode. all about your balls. <laughs> Manscaped, baby. Biff52.com forward slash Russ Talk. Frank Bortello. Uh, didn't watch Raw when you do it for me. Anyway, I think a good way for Danielson to get heat is to tease the yes chance, then end up flipping off the crowd. Love you guys. LIW Redemption. That would be good. Zachary Jenkins said, hey guys, just want to say it's my 25th birthday and happy to spend it with you boys. Can't believe I've been following Rest Talk since 2016. Thanks for the contents, guys. Jam that jam, D-A-D. Happy birthday. Um, CJ, lastly, says to Luke's point about how they should have done the AJ is blind story for a little longer. Whilst I love AJ and I totally think he could pull it off, I have no trust in this company to not just repeat the Miz and his friend that was fired story about fake injuries. But they did a pretty good. Yeah, the wheelchair for ages. I was yeah. really, it was like genuinely the most fun I've had with Miz in pff, 16 years. Oh, rose tinted glasses, Luke. You reckon? It was the pretty water fun. pistol. Yeah, there was, it was the same thing. It was pretty fun. Like, you know, when uh, John Morrison didn't let, let go of that the, was, uh, and he was yeah. going down the road going, Whoa, in slow motion. <laughs> it was probably the best thing the Miz has done in 16 years. Uh, yes. That's the end of the show. <laughs> Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. Go and get yourself 10 free craft beers, UK viewers only. All you have to do is pay for postage and packaging. Look at all of this that we, we're slowly uh, drinking our way through it. What else we got in here? We've got beer. It's all about the beer. Oh, look at this one. This Golden Bear Pilsner. Looks mm. delightful. Yeah, so check out the link that's being spammed in the comments or the top of the video description. Get your free beer now, UK viewers only. 
Only £5.95 for the postage and packaging. Thank you to Beer52. It's the last week. Us. It's the last week of this. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. Hey, and if you don't like light beers, you can just click the dark option. Don't like dark beers? Just click the light option. What an incredibly excellent mm. service. And it's the final, final week. It's the final countdown to get your Beer52 offer. Quickly, how was your weekend? Uh, what did I do? Oh, I rested a lot because I was you ar- knackered. You arrested a lot? I rested a lot oh, of people. Rested. No, I had a rest. Uh, I was off on Monday. Um, mostly just slept. I had like, I was getting up at 8.30 a.m. Wow. Real big lion. And you know, like when in the in the week and you've got work and it's like quarter to the 15 minutes before you've got to wake up and you're like, oh my God. Every position feels like the best position in the bed. I never want to wake up. But suddenly Saturday rolls around. It's it's 6 a.m. You're like, well, well, I'm awake. Great. And the, the being in the bed is annoying me. Why can't these two swap around? Saturday morning, every position was the best position. Oh. And I just rode that comfy train to 8.30 a.m. <laughs> oh, lovely. What about you? Uh, we went Christmas tree shopping on Sunday and uh, we didn't buy a tree in the end because oh. my well, my wife reminded me just as we were pulling into the car park uh, to get our Christmas tree, how can we get it in the car? Because mm. we've got the kid in the back now and I don't exactly have a massive car as it is. <laughs> and I went, no, we'll be able to fit it in. I didn't think we would be able to. Mm. And we decided what's because we were getting a seven foot tree. Leave the baby at the Christmas tree place? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always an option. So we ordered it online instead, it's being delivered to us. But it's not going to arrive to our house before, well, I mean, certainly after, it's up until the 13th of December. Ooh, so we've got to, put up our other, got to put up our other tree for the time being. We're just going to go into the kitchen anyway. And I'll sort of get, I get to do that at the weekend, which is going to be lovely because it's, you know, Christmassy time. But I want my proper tree mm. that I can do in the living room. Because otherwise, like, people down the street have gone all out with Christmas decks. I don't want to look like the family that hates Christmas. Because oh. we're, we're the family that loves Christmas. This is the first year that you are a DAD. Mm-hmm. It's the first or second Christmas? Second Christmas. We were there, like, six, seven days before Christmas. Oh, that, that, that doesn't, doesn't... This is really your count. first proper Christmas in a proper grown-up family house. Yeah. And you're already knee-deep at war with the Joneses. Well, that, and we got the parish newsletter through mm-hmm. um, the other week that said, hey, it's been a tough couple of years. So we're offering out cash incentives for people to put up lights. So, like, you know, you get you get money for just doing it anyway, but then there's going to be cash prizes on top of that. Cash prizes. Like, for the people who have the best. I don't think I'll have the best, but, you know, mm. you like, especially now the parish magazine has said that we're, you know, putting a bit of an emphasis on it. You, now you really don't want to be the, the family that doesn't do it. So what's your plan? Well, we've got Christmas decks to put up outside. I'm stopping off at Asda on the way home uh. to pick up some more Christmas lights that are going to go up outside. But like on Saturday, we're going to do the big Christmas deck put up. You're going to have any giant like a train set that children can ride around the front lawn? My next door neighbor has got those sort of like uh, reindeer things that you put outside. Um, the sort of like wire ones, which lights go mm. around, which look very pretty. And I nearly I nearly bought one of those, but it was £250. Bloody hell. And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to spend 250 quid 
on this for the the 15 quid incentive that, oh. that the parish are offering out yeah but yeah, it's deductible it's, Tax deduct deduct it's deductible on the for the content anyway we've run out of time we need to get out of here thank you all so much for listening i'll back tomorrow with the nxt podcast thank you all so much for listening take care i love you goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.